Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1177, air date March 3rd, 2023. So first of all, welcome everyone. This is Dr. Shiva Idre. This meeting is our open house and orientation. We do them every Thursdays. We do two of them because we have a European, Asia Pacific audience, and then we also have an audience here in the United States. So at 8 p.m. we'll repeat this, but we do these open houses every Thursdays at 11 a.m. and we do them at 8 p.m. And it's an opportunity for people who are very interested in truly wanting to be agents of change, to raise their consciousness and how they can build a movement and grow or learn leverage the infrastructure we've done to advance a movement. That's why we hold these. I also want to let people know that we invite everyone to come to an orientation. Every Thursdays at 11 a.m. and 8 p.m., I host an open house. Lots of great people show up. You have a lot of chance to meet people from all over the world. Every Thursdays, we do a open house. Anyone's invited. You can just RSVP at vashiva.com slash orientation. We have people all over the world come in and we discuss how we actually build a movement to end the nonsense that's going on. If you think, oh my God, the world's going to hell. I'm so confused, you'll get very inspired at seeing there's a lot of people who are coming to our movement for truth, freedom, and help. Please join us there. The best analogy I can give is the purpose of these meetings is, you know, a, an individual can be like in those sort of the dumb masses in the old gladiator game, just sitting in the audience and ooh-ahing and thinking someone's going to save you versus actually being an agent of change. And if you get to that point where you realize that you want to be a force for change and you're tired of outsourcing your future to celebrities, Johnny-come-latelys and politicians, whoever, then this is a place to be because history shows over and over again that whenever individuals raise their consciousness and they individually and collectively organize bottoms up movements, that's when any substantive change has occurred. History also shows repeatedly that those in power do two things to distract people. And what they do in a very, very effective way is that, first of all, they have their existing celebrities, politicians, people that are the establishment symbols, could be medical doctors doctors, etc. And what they always do consistently is whenever a bottoms up movement comes up, they either delay the truth that that movement exposed on its own. They delay the truth or they give a half version of that truth. So they, that's one technique that they do to make people think, "Ooh, see, the establishment is telling the truth. Isn't it great? Tucker Carlson just told the truth. Well, he waited two years to tell the truth or he gave you a half version of it. The other thing they do is they actually create top down people. Okay. Not because they care about growing the movement, they do this specifically to have these top-down people hijack the movements. It's a very, very important dynamic that people get lost in. And what I wanted to share with you today is the difference between these top-down, establishment-backed, supported, quote-unquote, movements versus the true bottoms-up movements. The establishment-backed, top-down movements are typically done in reaction to the growing bottoms-up movements. I'll give you several historical examples and something that's going on right now, okay? Here's a historical example. In the United States, in the 1950s, 60s, poor whites and blacks were building these bottoms-up movements for civil rights, basic rights for people. And those movements were growing with people's names we do not even know. And as those movements grew, those movements were demanding that the solution to really end poverty and racism was infrastructure in the inner cities. Infrastructure, which means people got proper food, people got proper water, people got proper healthcare, people 
got access to good schools. This would mean that those in power would have to put some money out. In reaction to those bottoms-up movements demanding real solutions, the establishment brought in someone like Martin Luther King, who was basically a bourgeois black guy. In the black community, if you were a Southern preacher, you were considered, frankly, a bougie. They brought in Martin Luther King, backed by the Kennedys, who were the institutionalized, not-so-obvious establishment. They gave him, they created the March on Washington, which was, as Malcolm X said, a circus, and they put him as a head of it. And he gave a speech called, I have a dream. Black people didn't want a dream. They wanted solutions. And what ended up happening was he hijacked this bottoms-up movement, controlled top-down. And by the way, Martin Luther King was not a nice person. I mean, even... The government started releasing videos where he was holding orgies. And a lot of this stuff is going to come out. He was having raping women massively into drugs and they suppressed it. Malcolm X was completely the opposite. So they hijacked the movement top down, made it look like a movement, right? Oh my God, all these people in front of the Washington Mall. You see, they hijack movements. And for the next 70 years, what happened to the inner cities? Nothing. In fact, their solution was to create affirmative action. We're going to let so many black peoples into MIT black people in Harvard. And isn't it great? We have a few black faces. And those people were never, ever going to succeed anyway. Then they could say, see, black people are dumb. In fact, at MIT in 1968, the 10 black people who came through this affirmative action, they said, you know, we're never going to make it here. So they took over the faculty club and they forced MIT to put infrastructure in, which should have been done in the inner cities. So anyway, that's one example of how they hijacked a movement. In India, in the 1920s, bottoms up movements were coming up where people really wanted a good revolution and to kick out the British like America had. Maybe even a good bloody left revolution. It would have been good. Violent. Ooh, violence. We can't have that. British were violent as hell for 300 years. That was okay. So then they parachuted in Mahatma Gandhi, who is a complete racist, did nothing in South Africa to help the poor blacks, promoted him in this little white outfit, little glasses, spinning a little web, you know, whatever his weaving thing, which was in a mansion supported by one of the biggest right-wing establishment guys of India called Gokhale. So they promoted him. All the other leaders were shot or executed and mysteriously died. And what he did was make sure that there was never a revolution in India and that power was passed from the old British guard, white men with crowns, to the new Indian guard of white men, brown men with white hats. Perfect example of how they, and they had him doing salt marches, walking around with his little cane. Bullshit. It was all theater. Hope you guys get it. Top-down movements in reaction to the true bottoms-up movements that were taking place. I'll give you a third historical example. And you're, you're never going to learn this anywhere because the education is either run by the right wing or the left wing who always want to make it about them. Third example, in the United States, in the late 1800s, there was something called the Great Upheaval. In 1886, American workers were hanged in the United States for fighting for the eight-hour workday. And that was the beginning of May Day, which is celebrated all over the world. Except in America, Reagan changed it to Law Day. Four workers were hanged in Haymarket Square for fighting for the eight-hour workday as a part of a mass movement, which exploded in the 1920s, which is why we eliminated child labor, which is why we got information infrastructure, which is why we got clean water, we had hygiene. All those came from these bottoms-up movements. What did the establishment do? They hijacked those movements by the 50s. They did it in two ways. They had the right wing call all those movements communists and Marxists and, ooh, Red Scare. 
there. And then they had the left wing take over the unions top down with people calling themselves fighting for the proletariat, the workers, when they completely maligned what Marx ever talked about workers. As Engels said, the worst people in the world are Marxists. Marx had a very specific definition of worker. The proletariat were people who actually worked for a living and made something. He had another word called the lumpen proletariat, which are people who did not work, who were scam artists, who were living off welfare in the state and were criminals. That's who AOC and Bernie Sanders call workers, not the true proletariat who actually fought and work hard and show up to work. And so therefore, between 1950 and 70, the all the bottoms up movements were hijacked. And by 1970, you don't find any strikes in the United States anymore. Between 1940 to 1970, there were 100 million people striking in the United States in over 11,000 strikes. And it was those labor movement bottoms up, which is why the American workers' wages also grew between 1940 to 70 as the GDP grew. Between 1970 to today, wages have gone down for the American worker. $47 trillion have been transferred from working people to the elites. And you saw that Elon Musk, the scumbag he is, made all of his money during the pandemic. He increased his wealth 1,000%. Third example I just gave you, okay? The elites do not want bottoms up movements. Now I'm gonna go to something very specific today. The movement for truth, freedom, health is the only movement on the planet that is a bottoms up movement that is founded on teaching people the science of building a movement. It is a global community in multiple languages, 95 countries that is not at all attached to the left wing or the right wing and completely exposes these top-down movements and exposes the intelligence agency network, which has infiltrated all of media left and right to make people confused as though Tucker Carlson is your fighter, as though Donald Trump is your fighter, as though Bernie Sanders is your fighter. Our movement is the only movement that stands today that is absolutely independent and has put the fear of God into the establishment. And how have they done that? Let's go right now. In 2020, it was my work and our movement's work, starting in 2019, which exposed the fundamental issue of the immune system. We trained over 200 million people on the immune system. We showed the importance of vitamin D. We showed the importance of quercetin and zinc. We emphasized natural immunity over artificial immunity, which is the jab. And we said, all also, that everyone's body is unique. It's about the right medicine for the right person at the right time. In 2019, I was invited as a, frankly, a world expert on the immune system by the National Science Foundation to give the talk that they choose one scientist every year on the modern science of the immune system. Okay. On November 19, 2019, I delivered that talk to scientists and I said, look, here's the immune system. To give everyone the same medicine to support the immune system is ridiculous. It's about the right medicine for the right person at the right time. And everyone agreed. Jen on Jen. January 6, 2020, forget Dr. Shiva, the scientist, you saw me on the streets, barely shaven, organizing a 5,000 person protest to stop the vaccine mandate bill in New Jersey, where we taught people the importance of natural immunity. We And on March 2020, it's all documented, when we found out these lockdowns were taking place, I said, this lockdowns are unnecessary. It's going to destroy the economy. It's going to destroy health, et cetera. On March of 2020 to August of 2020, we are the ones who organized the Fauer Fauci campaign. Over 100,000 people signed up. We're the ones who exposed the election fraud in this country. We ran hundreds of videos educating people on the health, and we did many, many protests. In response to that, the CIA and the intelligence agencies, by the way, Stanford, like many of the universities, is the headquarters for the CIA. They found another brown-skinned guy 
a Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, who's a complete hoax. And you know what this guy did? During August of 2020, this scumbag had published a paper, and I'll bring it up. And I found it yesterday because I said, this doesn't make any sense. Why are they promoting another brown guy instead of this guy? Okay? Because they had to go find another brown guy to manipulate people's head. Another doctor. And they're promoting him as a hero. And I went back and I looked at 100 papers in PubMed. He had written a paper on August of 2020 in the middle of the most critical time, right? Where you have to speak out and you have to say, no, we don't need the lockdowns. We don't need masks, which is what we were doing. You know what he did? He wrote a paper saying, we have to have lockdowns. We have to have masks. We have to have social distancing. And I can show it to you. Would you guys like to see it? This is this brown guy that they're promoting as, oh my God, he's a hero. He spoke out. He put his ass on the line. This guy did not put his ass on the line at all. Because if he had spoken out, he may have lost his job in 2020 at Stanford. Have you been to Stanford University, everyone? Anyone? Have you seen how a professor lives, a tenured professor? They live like freaking kings. They have beautiful offices. They get tenure, which means they don't, they will never lose their job for life. They have nothing to worry about. This scumbag, Jay Bhattacharya, wrote a paper and I'll, I found it yesterday. Let me show it to you, okay? And I posted it on Twitter because the Congress of the United States has this fool presenting him, the right-wingers presenting him as, oh, he suffered and, oh my God, he put his ass on the line and he's now being, you know, he was canceled at Stanford. He, none of this happened, okay? He is the top-down version of me that they're creating. And you have, I have to point this out. So let me show you. Here's the paper that this, I, I buy by the way, I believe that it's very, very important to curse at the right time at the right people. So if you have a problem with cursing, then you have to go check your own history of how you're being handcuffed. It is very important that you teach your kids to curse at evil people. I'm sorry, kids are going to hear all these words anyway, but teach them when the right time to use that weaponry because these people control your mouth. They use Christian, false Christian behaviors. Oh, we should forgive these people. No, we shouldn't because these people are absolutely evil. Christ didn't forgive the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He took a cane, he took a cane and a whip to them. Okay. So don't, if you want to be a real Christian, you can talk to me because I've read the Bible many times and I've studied the life of Christ. So it is very important to curse at these people at the right time. So when I use the word scumbag, that's what this guy is because he has an MD title. His title should be MF. He's a motherfucker. Okay. Not an MD. And let me show you this. These people are horrible people. They take advantage of working people through us being kind to them. We should not be kind to them at all. Okay. So here you go. He writes a paper. Do you see the date? August of 2020. Now, it was received June of 2020. By the way, I've published papers. That means he was working on this paper since when? March of 2020. It takes time to get it published. Everyone clear? Now, what does this paper say? In this paper, he's saying, oh, there's many. And there he is, Jay Bhattacharya. Guy gets a ton of money sitting at Stanford. Beautiful lawns. They get to play golf. They get to do everything, okay? They're not poor, okay? They're the elites. And in this paper, he concludes this paper. At the end of this paper, what does he say? All right? He says, and this is his word the paper that he wrote, he says, our studies suggest that until vaccination, which means he's pro-vaccination, become available, increasing population awareness, encouraging increasing hygiene, mandating the use of face masks, restricting travel, promoting physical distancing could be the most successful strategies to manage the impact of COVID-19 on both our economy and our healthcare. Everyone read that? Now, when I posted this, people are saying, oh, well, mate, you know, you should give him credit. He changed his mind. No, 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 no. What he did at the most critical time sitting at Stanford in his beautiful tenured office is writing the most fucked up shit 
while I, an immune expert, am putting my life on the line, my reputation on the line, having done the real science, said no lockdowns. We did the conference on saying how masks harm the kids. Here's a guy sitting at Stanford with an MD and a PhD, tenured professor. Because he wants to get all of those conveniences, he's supporting the lockdown in 2020. And then in October of 2020, watch what this guy does. He says, we're going to have the Great Barrington Declaration. Bunch of doctors get together. Yeah, we need to have focused protection. They literally stole and plagiarized my right medicine for the right person at the right time. They said focused protection. Oh, maybe only the elderly should get the vaccine. Now, during March to October, we were running the Fire Fauci campaign. I didn't see this guy there. I didn't see him against lockdowns. He was writing papers, which became public policy. And then August of 2021, you can go look at his Twitter feed. Then he says, oh, yeah, we shouldn't do lockdowns. Lockdowns are bad. Masks are not good. But by that time, Pfizer had their vaccine out. They'd made a $80 billion. You see, these are absolute scumbags. They want to make money on, you know, like how the stock market guys, they buy low, sell high. That's what he's doing. He buys on the low and he sells on the high. Oh, now the people are against masks. Oh, now I'm going to be the professor about that. Then I'll get more grant money talking about that. And then all the media and the establishment promotes him, not this brown face, him. Am I jealous? No, but I'm pointing out to you, this is deliberate, just like Gandhi, just like Martin Luther King, just like what they did with the unions taking over the mafia and the Democrats taking over the unions. And if you don't get this and you praise these people and you say, turn the other cheek, that's what they want. And that's why no change occurs. But guess what? Our movement exists. And you're looking at someone who has been studying this since I was four years old, because I wanted to understand why the caste system existed. And I've applied all my scientific and all my engineering knowledge to liberate people. And that is what Truth Freedom Health is. It is a long march, the same effort I took to create email or create Cytosolve, because I hate these bastards, because they manipulate everyday working people. Most of us are good people. It's hard for us to even think these people are that evil, but you know what? They are that evil. And it's all about them. Top down, top down, top down. They do not want you having respect for yourself, having respect for other people, and organizing bottoms up. Woody Harrelson, complete scumbag. I know his brother Brett very well. He's one of the biggest pot dealers in Malibu, all right? Nice guy, but he's a joke. Woody Harrelson didn't say anything in 2020. He's got a movie coming out. Ooh, gets on Saturday Night Live. He's got to do something for attention. It's called Cause-Related Marketing. There's a professor at Columbia who wrote the book on it. It's a book. It's called Cause-Related Marketing. If you're a celebrity, you take up a cause. Ooh, I'm for those poor Africans. Or I'm for those poor whatever. And you do it at the right time. Ooh, Woody Harrelson is saying, ooh, I got to go watch his movie now. My former ex, Frandra, pressure. She was supporting vaccines. Now she's saying, oh, I'm against the mandate. She's the head of SAG. Well, where the fuck were you in 2020, Fran? Because you're an opportunist and you want the attention to you. This is deliberate, guys, and it's based on your goodwill that you don't have respect for yourself. You know what they call everyday people? They say the masses are asses. And they call when you go get an autograph for them from the time you turn away, they call you star fuckers. Do you know that? They don't respect you. Stop respecting celebrities. Stop respecting politicians. Stop respecting these establishment MDs respect yourself and that's what this movement's about and we're going to war against these people 
intellectually, emotionally, and direct on the internet because I'm tired of these people. Sadhguru was telling everyone to get vaccinated and then talks yoga and uh, turmeric and uh, eat some neem and shit, okay? It's a bullshitter. So if you want to have respect for yourself, if you want to really understand the mechanics and the dynamics of oppression as well as liberation, then you've come to the right place. But if you want to be a star fucker, if you want to have illusions and thinking someone else is going to come from above to save you, this ain't the right place because we have a huge opportunity at this point in history because there's enough of us, but we've been disorganized for too long. We've been under delusion for too long and we've been played ping pong with, okay, we're going to give you a left wing guy today and you'll follow him for five years. Oh, now we're going to give you a right wing guy and you'll follow him and we're going to play like this with you. And then we'll throw in some celebrities once in a while and they'll say some good shit, but never at the right time, never at the right time. So that's the other technique they have. They not only do top down, but they have this thing called delaying truth, telling you half truths. It is a CIA technique. It's called the limited hangout. All of this is very well engineered, guys. And how do I know this? Because I was on the track to be one of their model minorities in this academic environment, and I hated them. I rebelled because I never wanted to be part of that because I made a promise when I was 12 years old. The last time I was in India and I saw my grandparents, poor farmers living in little huts, that if that I would get to go to the United States and I should do something for their liberation because it never made any sense to me, why people who worked so hard were living in little four-foot huts and other people who were scumbags were living in huge-ass mansions. That doesn't make any sense to me. I'm sorry. Am I a communist? Okay, call me whatever you want. I just think it's fair that people who work hard should get the fruits of their labor and people who don't work should be put to work. You can call me whatever you want, but I did. I think Jesus Christ would say the same thing. And so I, I ask Christians, if you want to be a Christian, be a real Christian. And if you want to really be a Marxist, quote-unquote Marxist, then really support working people, not the lumpen workers like Bernie Sanders or these people who do not work. If you're going to be a true leftist, be a true leftist. And you want to be a true rightist, be a true rightist. But don't fake it because I think we'll meet at the same point of fairness. But the bottom line is we are a movement. We are a community. We're an educational platform. And we're here to raise consciousness. And we don't need to raise everyone's consciousness because when you raise enough people, you get a wave. And when that wave occurs, it's a wave of consciousness and the world transforms. That's called a self-organizing system. That is what a revolution is. Revolution is not taking guns and shooting people. It is a change in consciousness. It's called a phase transition. And that phase transition occurs when you go beyond left and right, when you have respect for yourselves, and when you join in a community of other people who remind you why you should have respect for yourself. And you actually look at science. You look at history. History. You look at the data and the data shows whenever people raise their consciousness and they organize bottoms up and the day that they boo Donald Trump off a stage and the same day they boo Bernie Sanders, call, they have that consciousness, it's over. And that's what we're about. And we're on the path to winning because they make us invisible. <laughs> they don't even want to argue with us anymore, okay? Because they know we'll destroy them. But the problem they have is because of all these videos we did, because our movement exists, a quarter of a billion people on the planet know about us. They know all the hard work we did. They can't take away our work. And now we have a movement. We have 62 people on a Thursday morning. We have 350,000 people globally, 95 countries. And one person in our movement who understands this is equivalent to an army of about 100,000 of their people in the left or right camp because they understand it, the consciousness. They understand this dynamic. So in summary, what I wanted to talk about today is number one, we're a bottoms up movement that teaches people the science of building movements. We've, cre we've created a community. We inspire 
inspire you to get on the ground and meet your neighbors in your local communities and to build that movement beyond left and right to unite working people across black and white. That's what this movement is. And we are highly critical of these scumbags. Why? Because we don't want people to get fooled. I don't give a fuck about Jay Bhattacharya. He's probably, I don't know what the hell he is. Okay, but we expose him not to attack him, but for all the other people, these people sheeple into them. And we have to do that. It, it is our historic duty. It is your historic duty to do that once you get this. And most importantly, is to be focused to build a bottoms up movement. I'll have people share with me all sorts of information. At the end of the day, do you want to build a bottoms up movement? They'll share it. Tell me all these videos and stuff, but I've never seen them on the ground hand out a flyer. That means it's just theory to them. One person who gets on the road, knocks on a neighbor and hands them a flyer, invites them to our orientation, has has done more work than someone who's just sending out freaking random reptilian videos all day, okay? And that's what they want you to do. They don't want you to talk to your neighbors. They don't want you to advance people's consciousness. They want you to be on social media sharing crap all day. So we have to be very judicious in our actions, very parsimonious in our actions, and very potent, which is about education. So we're a bottoms up movement. We don't delay the truth. We don't tell the half truth. We always tell the truth at the right time to the right people. And that's called doing your noble service. Our motto is learn, teach, and serve. You learn this stuff, it is your responsibility to also teach. And it's your responsibility to serve other people. That's what we're here for. Life is a very short period of time. I don't care if you take all the vitamins and you live to 200. It's still very short, the grand scheme of things, or 300, whatever you want to live to. But the issue is what do we do to advance life? What do you do to advance your state of consciousness? And history shows it always comes up through community with other people and building these things. It makes you healthier too. The number one reason people people live long is because of community, not because of vitamins, not because of exercise, not because of food, because when you have community, all the research they've done, there's people who smoke and drink, whatever you want to say, but when they have friends and they have real community, they live very long. So you'll get long life from this movement too, because you'll know, wow, these people are solid. I can trust them. I finally have a group of people who speak the truth and who will fight for the truth and who care about health. So that's what our movement is. So I invite all of you, number one, I'll repeat this again. Your first homework assignment is to sign up and become a member because we've made it very, very accessible. We have an opportunity where we give a bunch of gifts. If you sign up, you get three or four gifts if you want to be a supporter and a warrior scholar. I used to teach what I'm going to walk you through. At MIT, people used to pay a lot of money, but no everyday people can't afford it. So we say, look, give us a hundred bucks, become a member. And after you take the course and you're part of this community, you have the right to become a philanthropist. You can offer the course as many children as you want, absolutely free. We wanted to do it for free, but when you give it away for free, adults have a really weird mindset. They don't value things. It's really weird, human psychology. And we have infrastructure to run. Most of this is run by volunteers, which is awesome. Some of them are on the call here. So I want to let you know on the call here today, we have a lot of volunteers and veterans. We have people who are in the middle of taking the course and we have a lot of new people. So I want to welcome all of you and become a Truth Freedom Health Warrior Scholar. You made it this far, so do it for yourself. But we're at a very important time where adults need to be adults and we have to stop being people who want to be, again, as I started, if you remember that movie, The Gladiator, those people in the crowd just watching people kill each other and outsourcing their future to false gods. History demands that you become your own guru and you become a teacher and you help other people. That's what history demands. And that's where we're here. So thank you.